Hey everyone, what is up? This is Dan. I'm your host, and you're listening to the Internship Podcast, of course. Podcast for everybody new is aimed at young professionals and students trying to navigate a few decisions going on in their lives right now regarding their career and their future. Um, It's been a while, guys. I got Matt and Madeline here. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey. So Matt and I have been extremely busy with work, and we haven't been able to hop in every week um, and and do these recordings, but we're trying our best to stay consistent. Um, But it feels kind of weird being in here talking, and I just haven't done it (laughs) in a while. So um, so today, I, I mean, I guess I'll jump in with what we're talking about since it was my idea this week on Matt. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Well, actually, we're starting with a uh, article. Yeah, Dan found an article. <laughs> so we're going to try this new thing where we try to hit on some current events. So um, this week, I was like looking for something we could talk about, and one thing that was interesting to me that came up was the state of Florida released a basically a press release or a notice to students and universities about uh, some scams going on regarding work from home. Uh, jobs that they're targeting students, they're char- targeting recent grads, and what's happening is they're basically just trying to get your social security number and your personal information, and then they steal your identity from there. So um, I just thought it was interesting. There's a lot of work from home stuff going on right now, and so I'm sure all these remote jobs are coming to people's inboxes. They're interested. You guys are prime for the taking with looking for jobs, are you getting any emails like that, Madeline? Um, I've gotten a few. I actually got some while I was still in college, um, which was really weird. Like, I would get, like, um, first I would get the student job scams, and then when I graduated, I got, like, work from home for $600 a week, and I was like, I don't think that's real, and it was just, like, a two-line email from this really janky looking email site i don't know it was it was weird but i was so curious that i did click on one of them yeah they got you see they got you the next step at least they didn't get me it was just like a weird file that they attached so nothing happened to my computer or anything but it was really weird it's really annoying too yeah and we don't want that to happen to you guys so we just kind of wanted to create awareness because they say Sucker is born every minute, I guess, right, Matt? Are you calling me a sucker? No, because you didn't go through with it. But I yeah. do think, like, I'll get on Facebook sometimes, and they'll say, comment money below, and we'll send you $500. And there's That's all these so people dumb. commenting on these stupid pages, money. And it's like, are you guys, like, why are people doing this? You know? Yeah. Uh, big thing here is we realize that we live in a world where everything can come fast and come quick, and if something sounds good, like, go for it, Instagram ad, Something looks good, like click on it, let's go. Uh, in this case, especially in jobs, and this isn't even just in scams in general, like don't apply to just any position. Like we get the market scarce right now, but take your time, look into the company. Um, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it typically is, as cliche as that set, you know, that saying is, but yeah, take your time. You should look into every company before you apply to them and uh, check out Glassdoor. Check out the website and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, common sense. Yeah, I mean, common sense, guys. Like, research the company. Just do a Google search. If they come up as a scam, you know, like, okay, steer clear. Um, and one big thing is there's some scams out there that will say, hey, send send us 200 bucks and we'll run your background check or whatever. Like, don't – you should never have to send money to any employer 
to try to get a job with them. So that's clearly a scam as well. Have you guys ever been scammed, by the way? Like, outside of job search type stuff. I haven't. I have, recently. Really? Yeah. I, I did too. I, it's kind of embarrassing to say that I got scammed, but... I was upset. What, what happened? I was trying to buy couch covers because I wanted gray couch covers, and I found this ad on Pinterest, and I've bought things from Pinterest links before, so I was like, oh, cool, this seems reliable. And then as soon as I purchased it, they sent me, like, a confirmation email and everything. And then they sent me an email, like, a week later saying, hey, it's on back order because of COVID. And I was like, okay. And then I never heard anything from them again. And that was, like, a month ago. And I try to, like, get into my account, and there's, like, no way that I ever signed up for anything. I'm like, oh, okay. So I just wasted, like, $30. It wasn't a huge scam, but it was, like, kind of disappointing. Yeah, so... I'll just tell my story real quick. It's super embarrassing, but I was in a I was in a pinch and I was trying to get these concert tickets like that night and somebody was selling them online and I was like, "Okay, I got to get oh. these concert tickets." And the guy had these crazy instructions and I fucking went through with it and I realized I'm an idiot and I was younger, but and I'll never do it again, but basically I had to go uh this guy wasn't local. He was going to send the tickets via email or whatever. He had me go to Walmart get this special like cash card or some shit what <laughs> i know this is embarrassing you actually even... did it yeah i really wanted these concert tickets and then fucking sent the money 200 bucks and no concert tickets and oh, i was wow. like you motherfucker and i called jacksonville uh florida sheriff's department and they're like well it's across state lines there's nothing so this guy completely got a got away Dang. with it that was rough damn Damn, dude. Damn, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, enough about scams. Do your research before you jump into stuff, guys. Uh, The real reason for the podcast today is, and I'm super excited to talk about this, um, only because I think it affects all of us to a degree, is the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, Matt, Madeline, did you guys hear about this before I I sent it out? (laughs) I have not heard of it until you talked about it this morning. Um, No. It's super relevant, though, and very interesting. Well, I've said it three or four times to Matt, but usually I was calling it what the Hamilton Johnson effect yeah, or something. Yeah, you butchered the name. I knew I knew what this curve looked like. Right. Um, and so, some quick quick facts on this thing. Uh, so, the Dunning Kruger effect is actually it was coined in 1999, so it's not that old compared to like a lot of things that were coined. You know, typically mm-hmm. it's like way back. Yeah, this um, guy's actually still alive. That's yeah, like about. we could call him. Maybe we can get him on the pod. That'd be cool. We should have tried. I'll look him up. What's what his name? Thinking? It's the same Dunning Kruger. David Dunning and Justin Kruger. So these guys are psychologists and they ran some studies. And what they realized is people who are incompetent at something are unable to recognize that they are in, they don't have any competence at whatever skill they are. But what happens is like somebody something sparks an interest in somebody, whether it's a skill, whether it's learning, education, whatever – and then that person thinks they're really good at something. So they call that Mount Stupid. So this, by the way, we'll have a chart, I guess, we can post. Yeah, I can put that up. I might be able to put it in Anchor, but also it'll be on our website. Okay. So new skill that you want to learn or that you're excited about. Um, you have no knowledge, but you, you're just learning about it. And because you do so much like intensified research about that particular um, thing or you dive in, let's say it's a sport, and um, 
Yeah, I know. It's hot in here. It's really hot in here. Sorry. You can turn the fan on. Um, anyways, so new skill. You want to learn a lot about it. You're doing all this research, so you feel really confident that you know a lot about it. So basically, it, there's a really good chart that shows this, and we'll put this up online. Um, but you are excited about a new skill that you want to learn, whether it's a sport or a hobby, or let's just say you want to learn about birds or trees or whatever. And or, so, or in this case, uh, just a, a, a developed competency, right? Yeah. So you just graduated college. You think you're on top of the world, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. So, with that, you think you're on top of the world or on top of whatever it is that you are, um, but it, it, I guess you suck at whatever it is. Like, you're just not as good as you think. And then it talks about how, you know, part of that comes with self-awareness, right? But people tend to think they are better. These people tend to think that they're better than they are at right. these things and don't have the self-awareness to Initially. realize when they're lacking, right? right. Yeah, so basically the way it works is let's say um, you – and marketing is easy because so many people get marketing degrees, so I'm just throwing it out there. But let's say you graduate, you have a marketing degree, and you think, okay, I have this marketing degree. I've learned so much at school that I know a lot of fucking shit about marketing, right? 4.0. Right, yeah, 4.0. You took all the good classes, whatever, and you graduate, and, you, and so they call this part Mount Stupid, and this is actually what it's called. Um, and it says, Psh, I got this. And that means, hey, I'm ready to conquer the world. I'm ready for that dream job. I'm going to go work at the number one agency in the world and all these things. Or I'm going to go work at Google or whatever, right? And and then you realize, okay, wait. <laughs> There's people out there that know a fuck ton more than me. Mm-hmm. And it's not all that it's cracked up to be in terms of just like graduating and being on top of the world. And so that's where you're – it's called wait, this is tricky area where you – basically fall down you start, you know, well, yeah, on the chart. You, you start up. to realize it's not as easy, as easy as you thought it was. You start to realize that there's other people more competent than you or that you're just doing, you're not doing as good of a job as you thought. Right. This is where you get humbled, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you thought you had it, on, you thought you had everything under control. Boom. You're humbled. And then you get to this point where you're frustrated and you say, I'll never get this. This will never happen. I thought it was going to work out this way. It's not working out the way I wanted it to. And then you start working and chipping away at it and working your ass off. And you get better and better and better. And then you get back up to where you thought you were, you know, you get up to actually as good as you thought you were when you first graduated college, if that makes sense. So, but with that comes the learning lesson, and it's, it, what do they call it, the plateau of sustainability? Yeah. So you build up that competency to the point of where you were, and as you go along this chart, right, on the on the uh, north and south side, or pole side, is the competence, and then the east and west is, the is no, confidence and then competence, right? Yep. So starting out with a lot of confidence, it dips down to the, what do they call it, the valley of despair? Yeah. And then as you start to, like... And I, I do believe, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, it's in that time where you're almost so self-conscious about where you feel like your level is. Again, it's that humbling experience, and right. that's when you start kind of chipping away, chipping away, and then kind of getting it a little bit more until you feel like you're, you know, you're actually good in that whatever area it is. Yeah, and I think it's important to talk about this because we've been there. Matt and I have been there. I mean, and there's so many areas of my life that I've, I've started something. I thought, oh, dude, I'm the shit. You know, like I got this under control. Um, and I think it's important for us to talk about it so that you guys have awareness around this whole, you know, Dunning Kruger effect thing. So for me, an easy one that hopefully resonates with some people listening is sports. 
So I didn't play golf in high school. I didn't, you know, play golf really in college. And then when I turned 20, I fell in love with it. And I was addicted to it. And all I wanted to do was play golf and all these things. And um, so I got what I thought was really good. I thought, mm-hmm. like, I'm the shit, you know. Like, I've been playing every day. I can beat anybody, all these things. And so I ended up walking onto a D3 college uh, golf team, which, okay, first off, it's D3. So, And then I was number five on that team and hovered between five and six, which is, like, not – it's middle of the pack. There's usually ten people on the okay. team. And then you go and you play – so I'm not even the best on my team at that point. And then I go into a college golf tournament and – I'm getting fucking smoked. And then that's kind of where it's like, shit, dude, I thought I was going to be on the PGA tour or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, just because I played for a year. And so that was that humbling experience where I had so much more to learn. Um, and then just slowly built up my skill set to where I did end up getting a lot better. And I did play in a couple of tournaments against pros and things like that, where, you know, you had to have a certain level of skill to get into those tournaments. And, um, and then I finally won an individual tournament. And so, it took so long to get there, though, and nothing happens in, like, just that that first peak where you think you got everything covered because you're just going to get fucking humbled yeah. in anything that you do. So that's, like, a way for me to resonate, like, what this Dunning-Kruger effect is and, like, one example that really stands out in my life. Matt, you got anything, like, for you? Yeah, and uh, a lot of people for this and this are probably going to feel it whenever they get right out of college, right? Because that's, I think that's the typical time that this happens. For me, it wasn't just because my friends graduated before me because I, you know, I fucked around in college. Right. So I always kind of felt behind there, and then, um, and but then once I got my first job, which was in sales, that's when it happened. So I started, you know, I created a little bit of success pretty fast. I was either number one or number two salesman within, you know, a handful of months. Um, so created success fast, started making money, and then. Um, once I was at that job for about two years, some stuff happened where I ended up parting ways with them. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I made, you know, I was successful in this role. I know sales, like I'm a great salesperson. Like I did this in like four months time where I was the number one person, I can go and do this anywhere. And that time I was selling ADT home security, which is pretty like black and white, right? Like it's pretty like you're, you either want a home security system or you don't. Right. And there's a very easy script and process and you follow. just talk to enough people and yes. then it turns into enough sales so that's what that's what it was right i thought i was the motherfucking man in sales <laughs> right and then i got into recruiting which there's not only sales of a client there's sales of a candidate as well but i didn't know shit about like uh, like my manager was like you sound incredibly monotone yeah and like i was like okay what does that mean it's just like you have the exact same tone throughout that you sound yeah. monotone um vocal tonality is a big piece of it um, what else? Like actual relationship building, using a CRM. Um, there was a couple other things I had written down, like oh, like active listening, right? What Greg Lindsay talked about, which mm-hmm. was listen to understand, not just to be heard. Right. And what I realized was like maybe ten to fifteen percent of sales I knew, and, and that might even be give me a little bit more. So I was good at like basically taking a number, like I wanted to, and just for the ease of math, right? Let's say I wanted to make one hundred and twenty k. That's 10k uh, per month, right? Which there's 20 working days in a in a, a month, so you're looking at 500 dollars a day, 200 dollars a sale, 2.5 sales per day. Right. My close rate is five percent, so I got to make 50 calls a day. I was just like, that's all I got to do. Like that's it. Yeah, I can run through. I can be a machine. Well, the machine part, the the engineering part, the the actual like math side of that, 
is such a small piece and it really fucking I mean it, it, it kicked me in the face right. it was just like this sucks so bad because I thought I was going to go into this job just killing it and just blow what I was making out of the water and I ended up taking such a significant pay cut over the next year and a half until I really had that learning curve that it was humbling like it was so humbling that it was like through those times of feeling kind of like a piece of shit or less than other people those were the times that forced me to push through and grind yeah so that I grow. could so that I could become confident yeah, yeah I think that's that's the whole I think this whole thing is like the growth chart like this is the the process of growing and anything that you want to do um, so in so Matt and I actually had interviewed a girl yesterday was it yesterday mm-hmm. days are blending together lately yesterday in she actually was kind of a way like she just graduated and you know this kind of transition into like don't get stuck on that peak be open to the fact that there are people that know more than you and there are experts out there that can help train you and, and give you different ways of thinking or whatnot but i thought it was really good she wasn't setting herself up for failure basically we asked her a question what was it it was around so it was essentially she was talking about uh the interviews that she had had yeah and she said she drove to kansas city for a position that was a little bit more hr related and they asked her the question about what she knows about employment law yeah yeah and then she came back and basically said like i learned some in a classroom but i'm not going to be your expert like she essentially said like if this is what you're hiring me for I'm probably not the person for the job. And then she went on to tell us, like, you know, honestly, when she asked me that and she was kind of alluding to the fact that they wanted to hire me, I was like, I don't want to work for this company. Because if they want somebody that knows employment law and they're going to take somebody that took a class on it two years ago, like, what kind of company is this? Well, that's, but it's smart from her part too. And I think that this is kind of a lesson here is if she would have went down the road of saying, yeah, you know what? I learned a little bit in school and I know fucking everything about employment law and I'm going to take this job. She's setting herself up for, for failure mm-hmm. just because of the fact that she's saying, I learned this in a book, but I've never applied any of this experience. And she's going to be expected to apply that fucking experience as soon as she gets in the door. So yeah, Absolutely. Learn how to sell yourself and learn how to play to your strengths in an interview, but do not sell a company on a bill of goods about what you can do or what you've actually done obviously don't lie that's the easiest thing in the world but don't it it, it's tough to say because there is a gray area don't oversell yourself and i've been bitten on the ass i talked about this in the podcast before i took a job um definitely you know oversold myself a little bit Mm -hmm. and i realized that afterwards now were there some issues with the company or were there some flaws? Do they have retention issues? Did they set me up for success? No. But at the end of the day, this falls on me who sold myself on what it is in an industry that I didn't know and just decided the business that I had no idea about. Right. And that came and again, bit me in the ass. I learned the hard way on that. So again, learn to sell what you know and learn to really, really craft that sales pitch on what it is that you do know. But don't inflate what it is that you do. Right. And, and be transparent with it. They're going to be more understanding if you say, listen, I learned about it at school and I did a project on it or I did an internship doing this piece of that because we we're interviewing her for a recruiter role and she had an internship where she was doing recruiting admin. She wasn't necessarily doing the recruiting piece, 
but she was transparent with that. And right. so, like, we know going into it what we need to train her on and what's expected. But if she would have came in and said, oh, yeah, I was doing all the recruiting and just basically lying to us, we would have thought, okay, well, you're going to come in. You're going to know exactly what all these roles are because it's well aligned with the project that we're working on. And she would have failed. And we would have been like, wait a second. Like, you lied to us in the interview. You're going to get caught. And it's not going to be good. Um, so just be transparent over, hey, I did learn this. And these are what this is what I know about it. Or these are the pieces that I know about it. But if you go in and you just, like – think you're at the that first peak that we talked about in the Dunning-Kruger effect, um, you're going to get your ass handed to you, basically. Yeah, yeah. And again, so, uh, just to kind of reiterate what Dan said, be transparent, um, but again, understand how to sell yourself. But I've come across so many candidates where I'm just like, hey, do you have like actual software as a service exposure because this is what my client's looking for? And candidates will be like, no, but here's what you can say. like. I work for a company that did have software in it, right? So you can tell them that I have this. So I'm like, I'm like, no, motherfucker. Like, I'm right. not gonna, I'm not gonna lie for you because that's gonna put me in a bad place. Right, yeah. And don't go telling people that you have that because that's gonna fuck you over the long run. Yeah, and I think people appreciate the honesty and yeah. the transparency. Because like, then you can say like, no, I don't have that experience, but I'm a really fast learner, and they might be okay with that. Yeah, and. and like, that's a big thing for me. Like, transparency and communication are, like, the two big ones for me. So, Do I seem a little extra fired up today? I feel like I'm I'm, mute, I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs. Well, that, and you're talking a little fast. Matt's got some things going on. Yeah, nothing serious. It's just... I know it's bugging you. It's just dog daycare is a bitch, and I'm trying to go out of town. So, first world problems, yeah. for the most part. Matt's going... Um, yeah, I mean, really, that's all we have for today, so we Wait, can wrap Wait, I wanted to talk yeah, about something that... Okay. So, um, what you guys are saying kind of reminds me of this TV show, um, Friends. It's one of my favorites. What, show, what channel is that on? It's probably on a lot, right? It's I'm probably on TBS. I don't know. <laughs> what you, it's been a is while. Is that a new show? I don't have cable right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, is that a new it's show? On, it's, it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's not. They took it off. Yeah, dude. They lost a big fucking contract. Like, they paid big money to, or they, they wanted big money, and Netflix said no. It's so. on HBO Max now, mm. which I'm not paying for. But anyway, um, there's this episode where Joey is trying to get, he got an audition for this play, and he got this audition because his resume said that he could tap dance and he spoke French fluently, and he could do neither of those things. And the rest of the resume was also a bunch of random lies. But the entire episode is him trying to learn how to speak French, and he's absolutely terrible at it. And he's just freaking out. Um, but then he thinks that he understands it, which kind of goes into the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. He thinks he's got it, and so he goes to the audition and starts tap dancing and speaking French. And he is, like, super happy and proud about it, but the... Um, the people watching him and judging him are like, oh my gosh, this dude is an idiot. Like, this is terrible. And yeah. then he was really sad. It's, and that's, yeah, that's absolutely the definition of an, uh, an incompetent person because mm-hmm. that's who he plays all the time on the show. <laughs> but thinking the, that he has confidence in, in what it is, in, in yeah. this case, it's speaking French. And then the article that you sent, Dan, said that 39% of employees handle constructive criticism. Like, by dissecting that criticism, and kind of trailing it all the way back to their daily actions, right? Yeah. So then the other, you know, sixty-one percent aren't doing that, and then obviously there's a there's a 
percentage in there that suffer from that Dunning-Kruger. Maybe they all have at some point in that process or whatever criticism that they're getting. Um, but I'm just curious, like, what do you think it is about someone? Like, that, what gives people that, right? Because it seems like everybody's had that at some point in time, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that have that to a fault where it can really affect them and it affects them over and over and over again. Do you think that's, uh, like... How do you think people were conditioned to be that way? So, like, the way that I see it happening is you get super passionate about something or you've worked your ass off. Like, like education, right? Like, you have all this pent-up, like, I'm ready to go out in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. And I know all these things because this is what they taught me. And there was an expectation that if I went to college and I got a degree, I would be at this level. So as soon as you get to that level, you're like, okay, I got everything fucking taken care of because I did all these things that I was supposed to do. So that's one way. And then the other way is I think that you fall in love with, like for me, it was golf or you get super passionate about, I don't know, racing remote control cars, for example. And so you're researching and you're doing, like you're researching 12 hours a day, like everything you can learn about racing remote control cars and then you're going and you're practicing and you're doing all these things and you think because you put in uh, a lot of time in the short mm-hmm. term that you have all the answers and that you're going to be good until you go and you meet people who have a lot of time in in the long term and then you get your ass handed to you. Um, so that's like kind of like the sport. You know what I mean? Like you get super passionate, you learn everything you can and then you think you're an expert. Yeah. Right. Um, I also can kind of almost relate it back to like the schooling system where it's just like this pass fail model and, and don't get that. Don't take that as me saying like there shouldn't be pass fail, right? That everybody should just try and get an A. That's not it at all. But this idea that like uh, how frowned upon it is to fail at something. Yeah. Right. And that's what bothers me. So like I have this idea of education where it's why are we punishing people for failing when you learn through failure? I don't understand that. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, it's either, you know, whether it's through your parents, through your peers, or your teachers, it's just like, if you fail, you're, you're a big fuck up, right? right. Like, and obviously not everybody thinks that, but that's what you're taught to think in your mind, instead of like, this is an opportunity to learn, this is an opportunity to get better, like this is an opportunity to have that slingshot effect where I'm pulled back for a little bit, but I can, you know, I can end up getting launched forward. You just made me think of like a study that I would think would be interesting is if you looked at GPA and level of Dunning-Kruger effect based on GPA, so like people with 4.0s, do they expect that they're going to just be fucking killing it the next year versus like me who barely graduated, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I did that. Now what? You know what I mean? Like I was kind of like... I worked my ass off just to get there. So the whole thing of, you know, your fam- you learn from your failures. The more failures you have, the more you have to learn from, the more you can move forward, right? I think the, the more times you've already been knocked down, like mm-hmm. you and I were, you know, probably pretty self-conscious when we were going into our fifth or in my case, your sixth year, Yeah. you know, when most people were getting done in four and a four and a half. Yeah. So it's like if you start with the... And I'm not saying everybody should go to school for six years. Well, I remember sitting in class and being like, and knowing that the kids that were graduating with me were one or two years younger than me. And it like kind of, it was kind of like, oh, I'm the old guy in the room or whatever, even though I was like 23, <laughs> you know, but yeah. at the time it was That's like, normal. I just felt like it was different. You know, I, I don't know. It was just weird. I remember having that feeling though of, yeah. of feeling old. At the end of the day, it's like, it's the whole don't be afraid to fail and it's a cliche thing that comes up time and time again but it's like don't be afraid to fail but honestly like when you fail like own it like own the fuck out of it and don't be afraid to tell anybody you know around you that it's happened 
because uh, that might even spark a little bit more of a fire when people know that you failed at something. But really take a deep dive into that failure, find out what went wrong, and act like, you know you, you look at it like a scientist, right? You're not going to get the chemical or the right. formula every single time. You know you got to play with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean so. Honestly, like that kind of wraps that up. I mean, I just thought it was cool to, to look at look at the chart for sure. You guys should all research the chart and the whole Dunning Kruger effect on your own if you're listening out there. Just because I think that there's a lot to learn, just and a lot of self awareness that you can pick up just from looking at that chart. Um, but that's all I have for today. That's all we have, I guess. Um, so we'll wrap this one up. Thanks so much for listening. Um, you know, please subscribe, like. Check us out on Instagram. What is it? Internship Podcast. Internship Podcast. Internship Podcast. Check out our website, theinternshippodcast.com. But thanks again for listening. Uh, if you guys have any questions or anything, hit, hit us on either Instagram or contact us form or whatever. We're happy to answer any questions. We'd love some questions. Yeah. Um, and we'll wrap it up. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya.